Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Sarah Listen, a registered dietitian who had a passion for food as a little girl that blossomed into a passion for public health. Sarah realized early on she preferred working in the preventative side of health and she got her master's in public health alongside becoming a registered dietitian. She has also created the Food Memory Project, a platform for people to share those deeply ingrained food memories and build stronger ties with each other. And I loved her tagline, think of it as a giant potluck with less dishes to wash. Please enjoy my conversation with Sarah. Well, I have to say, I am, you're like my favorite food girl in the planet. I love our connection over food and how we kind of got connected, but I'm excited today to learn more about you and your journey into dietetics and your food love and memories and all the things. So um, thank you for being here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been a fan for the last few years and it's, it's always been so helpful for me through my journey to hear stories of other dietitians or other RDs to be at the time um, who've gone through the same thing that I've gone through and are still finding their path and in helping me find mine. So I'm really excited. Oh, good. Well, you see now the roles are going to be reversed. So you're going to do the same for someone yes. else. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, why don't you take me back to, I know it probably wasn't super long ago, but maybe take me back to when you first kind of got an inclination about dietetics or maybe started getting that on your radar that you wanted to be that when you grew up? Yeah. So, I mean, if we go back even further than that to when I was a kid, I think my parents will probably agree with me that it seemed like I was always kind of destined for a career in food. Um, Okay. I've been a very adventurous eater my whole life. Um, Always really kind of gravitated toward food, loved cooking, loved watching Food Network and PBS cooking shows. And when I was in high school, that was when I really started, I think the seeds were kind of planted for going more of the nutrition route. I remember in my English class, freshman year of high school, we had to write a paper on some sort of controversial topic and we were given a list and I picked childhood obesity and you know whether it was the parents' responsibility to prevent it or whether the schools were more responsible for it. And I just got so engrossed in that paper. And that was kind of when I realized it's not a one-sided issue. Like there are so many things that go into it. And my mom kind of picked up on that. And my mom was a PT, so she had a pretty good idea of the allied health world. And she said, you know, if you're really interested, you can make a career out of this and you can major in it. So that was when I kind of started looking into nutrition as a major. And I went into college knowing that that was what I wanted to do. Um, The goals kind of changed a little bit along the way for what I wanted my career to look like, but I went in as a nutrition major and came out with a nutrition degree. That's awesome that your mom, you know, like I think, you know, when it comes to dietetics, you're right. Like that is, if you don't have that allied health, like person that you know, or if someone knows about dietetics, it's really hard to ever find out about it. Yeah, for sure. And I tell people too, I really didn't go seeking a career in healthcare either. It wasn't something that I always wanted to be in that setting, but dietetics kind of found me. 
Especially through like the food. I think that's funny that you mentioned the PBS. I used to watch, is it, was it Cook's Country? I used to watch that all the time on PBS. So Mm -hmm. I can see, you know, how that you said like food was deeply rooted in you early. And then it just happened to um, kind of fall upon you when you were in high school. That's pretty early to figure that out. Yeah, it really was. And I mean, there were a couple, like I had another kind of backup major, like I was kind of between nutrition and speech language pathology when I was applying to college. So I looked mainly at schools that had both in case I did decide to switch. But I think the interest in food was always a lot stronger. Interesting. So you said that when you went to college, you kind of had a different idea of where you were going to start and where you kind of ended up. So maybe talk to me about that a little bit more. Yeah. So when I went to college, my idea of what a dietitian was I mean, really all the dietitians I knew about were clinical, whether that was outpatient or working in a hospital. Um, I knew I liked kids, so I figured, okay, I like kids and I want to be a dietitian. That means I'm going to go into clinical pediatrics. I just didn't realize that I had so many other options out there. And it wasn't until sophomore, junior year that I started to realize, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I don't want to go the clinical route. And at one point, you know, one of the things that really sparked my early interest in nutrition was school nutrition. Um, seeing documentaries like Supersize Me or like Jamie Oliver had a TV show when I was in high school where he was revamping school meals. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered, well, maybe food service management isn't for me. So school food service might not be the best fit. But then I came up with, I came into some research opportunities, uh, doing research with the Head Start population, nutrition education and childcare. I did a semester-long internship with our local health department when I was in college, and after my junior junior year, did a study abroad program focusing on community health in Guatemala, and through those experiences, I kind of realized, okay, public health is where it's at. I want to be on the preventative side. I want to see people before they end up in the hospital, and that really set me down my path in applying to more public health-focused internships and graduate programs. I love that you kind of, you know, I think a lot of times when people think about working with kids, they do kind of think, oh, you know, pediatric clinical nutrition, and then they kind of go to the school kind of route. But then that whole food management thing doesn't always seem as appealing. So I love how you transitioned into public health and you studied abroad. Like I, that's something I wish I would have had the opportunity to do. So maybe talk about that opportunity a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky. I was actually in a position where I had scholarship funding to cover it. And I was able to go pretty much wherever I wanted. Um, I knew that a a semester wasn't necessarily feasible because the nutrition curriculum was pretty rigid and I wanted to graduate on time. And I didn't come (laughs) in with a ton of college credit out of high school like some of my friends did. So I chose to do summer programs. And I actually, first I went to London after my freshman year and that was totally not nutrition related at all. I went with the English department, so I figured I would Fine. knock out some humanities credit, and like I love literature, I love theater, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and I mean, that was definitely an important program for me as well, because I was 18, like fresh out of my freshman year of college, had never been that far away from my family before, so it definitely instilled like a lot of independence in me, a lot of confidence and kind of a boldness that, you know, I don't know that I would have gone out of state for grad school or moved out of state for jobs to jump ahead a little bit um, had I not had that experience. Um, And then, you know, getting into my uh, junior, sophomore, junior year, I still had a little bit of funding. So I knew I wanted to go somewhere else, but I wanted to really drill more into that health nutrition side of things. 
and ended up connecting with a faculty member from my university's College of Nursing who said, hey, we have this allied health program. Um, I had friends who had gone on it before, but I didn't know it was open to non-nursing majors. So totally out of my comfort zone, didn't really know what I was doing, but jumped in anyway. And that program, I mean, thank goodness I went because that really solidified um, what I wanted my path to be. That's very awesome. So you mentioned you got done with your undergrad. So did you hold off on an internship and then go into your master's or maybe kind of explain your process there? Sure. So I did my undergrad. First of all, I did my undergrad at East Carolina University, Go Pirates. And I knew that you know, the master's requirement for 2024 was still a little ways out. So I would have been grandfathered in had I chosen not to do it. But I knew I wanted to do it eventually, and I didn't want to lose steam coming out of undergrad. So I decided I wanted to do either do my master's first or do a combined program. So I ended up applying to a few different schools, all different pathways. And what I ended up doing was I came to the University of Tennessee, go Vols, and they offered a combined, not only a combined Master of Science in Nutrition with the dietetic internship, but they also offered the option of doing dual degrees. So I was able to get a Master of Science with a concentration in public health nutrition, a Master of Public Health with a concentration in community health education, and do my DI in three years. So it was exactly what I wanted curriculum-wise. Oh my, that sounds exhausting. (laughs) It was. I was thinking was about it? it last night preparing for this and I was like, man, like I did that. But, That's amazing. Yes, yeah. Like but, you did do that. But it was great. Like I always say doing the master of public health, that was hands down one of the smartest decisions I've ever made because the great thing about public health is, you know, knowing that I wanted to work in a community setting, it was great that I got my nutrition background. I reinforced that went a little bit deeper um, through the master of science but my public health coursework really helped me kind of zoom out and see the whole picture. Um, there's so much, you know, so many outside factors that affect nutrition, um, socioeconomic status, geography, um, all of these other um, systemic barriers. And I think it was really important that I got that perspective as well. Do you kind of, now that, you know, that you've been kind of practicing and you've been working, do you, like, if there's a dietitian that is thinking about going into public health, do you recommend, you know, getting that master's in public health, like looking back with your experience? 100%. Yes. I think public health is such a great foundation for so many things. Like I know people, uh, you know, they're working in environmental health, they're working in school health, they're working, um, trying to remember what my friends have gone on to do. I mean, in our concentration or in our MPH program at UT, uh, there was a concentration in veterinary public health. Um, So I have friends who have gone on to med school, on to PA school. So whether you're a dietitian or not, public health is really a great foundation for you to have. But I definitely think even if you don't want to work in a health department or for a nonprofit or things like that as a dietitian, you know, it's still really valuable to have that public health background, to understand um, all of the these factors that influence nutritional status, um, you know, if you're working in a hospital or a clinical setting or schools or wherever it may be. That's such a good point because it does really, I mean, it very, is very much applicable to any place that a dietitian might be working to have that background. 
Yeah, absolutely. I My first job out of grad school was, was working in school nutrition, and it was a very high-need district where about 70% of students were eligible for free and reduced-price meals, and that was part of the reason I got hired there. And now I do work in a health department, primarily community-focused stuff, but um, I also do a little bit of clinical practice in one of our outpatient clinics. It's a public definitely comes into use because I do have a lot of clients who are, uh, you know, maybe borderline food insecure or low socioeconomic status or things like that. So I need to know, you know, what resources are available and how do I connect them to the people who need them? That's such a good point too. Like I, you know, when one of my first jobs was in a, a low income area and I really didn't understand the impact that, you know, nutrition, food, ability to buy food, how that affected the clients I was working with. And as being a new dietitian, I was like, oh, well, you can go. But, you know, I didn't really understand how limited um, the population was. Like I even had a client that didn't even know what a can opener was to mm-hmm. open a can of beans. So like that kind of assumption, yes, we know it in our head, but you know, when you learn it and when you can apply it through your degree, that does help you prepare better. Yeah, absolutely. It's always interesting because I do see patients sometimes who tell me that they're relying on either fast food or packaged food and they don't really cook or maybe even maybe don't even have a kitchen. So I have to kind of think on my feet and be able to work around that and right. find things that work for them, which is a fun challenge. <laughs> I feel like if anybody could do it, you could do it. For sure. <laughs> You're sweet. <laughs> So you said that when you, so you went to University of Tennessee, I'm, I know that you lived there and started your first job when you were living in, in that area of Tennessee. So maybe talk about that first job. How was it getting that first job and were you looking for, I can hear your kitty in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's been fed. So. <laughs> she's Sorry about such that. a cute meow. No, I, I love know. It. Yeah. Know she's a talker for sure. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> yes. Um, so um, maybe share just kind of a little bit about, you know, finding that, that first job, especially when you are so, you know, you have such a great degree and you're so concentrated is it difficult? Was it easy? Yeah. So actually for my first job, um, I was not planning to stay in Knoxville. I kind of accepted that once I graduated, it was going to be time to move on, um, you know, new stage of life. I wanted to be somewhere new. Um, Knoxville has a great dietitian community, but it's also extremely saturated. And once people get their jobs, they tend to stay for a while, um, which wow. is fantastic. I mean, it says a lot about the community here. Um, but I was initially, I'm originally from North Carolina, so I was interested in moving back home. Um, I'd been home the summer between my second and third years of grad school um, doing a field experience and just loved being back closer to friends and family. So I was trying to stay at least in the Southeast, you know, Tennessee, Carolinas, Virginia, Georgia. Um, But it kind of got to a point where I was getting frustrated that I was applying, applying, applying um, and wasn't really hearing back from anywhere and was also not finding a whole lot of postings that I was super excited about. Um, Kind of my benchmark or my measure when I was going through rotations was I pictured myself six months into my, into whatever job that would have been, was I still excited about waking up and going to work? Um, So it got to a point where I said, okay, you know, I might be willing to go a little bit further. Uh, My family (laughs) is supportive if I do move further away. I mean, they would have been happy to have me close to home, but they weren't like, no, you have to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started applying a little bit further and uh, focused on 
the job description more than the location and ended up moving to Texas for my first job. Um, I got hired as a school dietitian for K-12 in a district right outside Fort Worth. Um, and it was, I mean, by the time I got that job too, like I was so burnt out on applying. Like I was Mario. in tears. Like I just, I'd come really close to getting a couple other jobs. They hadn't come through. And I was like, I just don't want to apply anymore. Mm-hmm. And my mom kind of described what I was doing is throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what stuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't recommend that. <laughs> just be patient and apply for the jobs you want the most. I mean, it worked out. Like I was excited to start my career and what piqued my interest in nutrition in the first place um, and really feeling like I was going to be able to use my public health backgrounds um, and kind of combine those things. Um, about six months into that job, um, March of 2020, I think we all know what happened. Yep. The um, big, the big year. <laughs> yep. We were, it was the Friday of our spring break. I was actually on vacation when we found out that the schools were shutting down. So just as I felt like I was getting my feet under me, the rug was ripped out. And not only did I not know what I was doing, nobody knew what they were doing. And we had to kind of rewrite the playbook. Um, so it was, it was definitely a very trying months, um, but we got through it. And I mean, I've got a lot of good stories and um, definitely a lot of good experience out of that. Um, you know, doing curbside meals, being able to think on my feet and adapt and adjust quickly. Um, unfortunately, as the pandemic went on, um, you know, my work situation, I wasn't able to continue. Um, I ended up supporting hospital accounts for a couple months. Um, I worked for, my job was within a large company. So um, when the school district, um, when I no longer had enough work, um, I was lucky that I was able to make temporary arrangements to go work out the company um, and some of their business. But I knew that, you know, it was only meant to be temporary and I didn't want it to be permanent anyway. Um, although I was very grateful to be able to work continuously during the pandemic and still earn a paycheck. But sure. I did start around um, just because I was eager to get back into a situation that was more stable. And I was not expecting to find anything back in Knoxville. Um, I was trying to Fort Worth. I had a great group of friends there. I had just renewed my lease. Um, but lo and behold, there was a position open back in Knoxville, the place where I really wanted to work and where I had connections and I got it. So I moved back to Knoxville at the beginning of January and I've been back for about six months now. (laughs) You have been busy. (laughs) I have been. Yeah. It's, I mean, my, my last day of work in Texas was December 23rd. My first day of work in Tennessee was January 4th. Oh my gosh. So between <laughs> moving and tying up loose ends and getting settled, it was a very quick turnaround, but we made it happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then going through the pandemic as your, you know, your first job out of school, I mean, like that's a lot to handle as a dietitian. Yeah, it was definitely, none of us kind of expected the way that 2020 would have gone. It was a crazy year. I was disappointed that, you know, my first job hadn't gone the way I hoped it would. Um But, you know, that did open a door for me to come back into more of a public health space. Um, And, you know, I said to some people the other day, now I'm back doing exactly what I was trained to do with the people who trained me to do it. And I feel so lucky to be in the spot where I'm at right now. And it sounds like you have a really good balance. Do you like the balance of a little bit of different things that you're doing? 
I do, yeah. And I guess briefly, I'll just pause and say, like, I'm speaking totally on my own behalf here. Um, I'm yes. not speaking on behalf of my employer. Um, I do work for a government agency, so I, I just want to put that little disclaimer in there. Um, sure. But, yeah, I what I love most about public health is that there's always something cool going on and no two days are alike, you know, within my own work and also what my colleagues are doing. Um, so my day to day, most of my work right now is breastfeeding promotion. Um, so I've gotten to do some really cool projects within the last six months, um, trying to help our community partners, um, better promote breastfeeding within their own organizations. So we work with a nonprofit, um, we work with a couple hospitals and then, um, also working um, our WIC team um, on a few of their initiatives. Um, And then I'm also the go-to dietitian for one of our clinics. Um, It's an outpatient clinic for people living with HIV AIDS. So I've kind of jumped back into the clinical world a little bit and I get to keep my counseling skills sharp. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I usually see a few patients a week. That's kind of fun. I would like that, just a little variety. Yeah, and I always... You know, I kind of figured coming out of my internship, if I did go into something clinical, I wanted to do outpatient. And I like clinics. I I think my favorite clinical experiences in my internship were outpatient oncology and outpatient dialysis. And it was because the dietitians in those settings really got to build rapport with patients over time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sitting and having conversations and knowing personal details. And um, I typically, in my in the clinic where I work, I don't see patients every single time they come in. Um, but, you know, it is kind of a smaller, I say small, there's several hundred patients, but smaller than maybe a more general clinic. Um, and, you know, they do come back over time. And, like, the nurses, like, they know everything there is to know about these patients. They have relationships with them. And, you know, I haven't really been there long enough to follow up with anybody yet, but hopefully I'll have the opportunity to at some point. Sure. Do you kind of, so you kind of feel like this is a really good mix of kind of what you were hoping for as far as your public health career to kind of start out and get your, you know, feet wet in the whole public health arena? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, it's funny. I actually really came full circle with this particular position because my first year of grad school, I worked with a couple classmates um, with now one of my predecessors um, oh, wow. on, on one of our breastfeeding resources. We kind of laid the groundwork for um, a physician breastfeeding toolkit. Um, and, you know, now like that's been printed, it's been finished. I have found one of my old grad school presentations on our share drive. Um, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm working with some of the same uh, hospital partners that we worked with five years ago. Um, so that's been, that's been really fun. <laughs> I definitely tried to play that up in my interview too. (laughs) Oh, for sure. That's a great, I mean, but that's kind of like when you think about the dietitian connections and networking that you do as a student, it's so important when it comes back to your first job or your third job, or, you know, you never know when you're in a cross paths with things that you've done and people you've connected with. For sure. And actually my team, um, there's, three now three other dietitians on my team plus our manager who's also a dietitian and those other three dietitians we all were in school at the same time so it was also really fun coming in on the first day of work and my teammates were already my friends (laughs) yeah that's that that's even better (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah we we all get along so well we love working together um and then our health educator as well um you know we met her when she was hired but 
our team just clicks really well. And that's been a huge blessing. Well, that's awesome. I love it. Now you do have to share with me besides your, I mean, I'm not saying that your, your career is boring whatsoever (laughs) because it's not, but I love the project that you and your mom have started. Mm -hmm. So maybe talk a little bit about that, where that started and how you're kind of continuing the process. Absolutely. So my mom is a genealogist. She's a family history researcher and speaker. And we have a blog together. It's called the Food Memory Project. And basically our vision for this blog is that it's a giant virtual potluck. Uh, We say it's a potluck with less dishes to wash. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I, it's always kind of been a running joke in our family that I have this crazy food memory and I can remember pretty much anything if I can remember what I was eating at the time. Um, And I got to thinking about it last year. I was like, surely there are other people out there like me who kind of measure their life and what they've eaten. And then also this was back last summer where between the civil unrest that our country was going through and then the physical isolation because of the pandemic, I was starting to think about, you know, in a time where the news cycle is dominated by things that divide us or things that make us different, food is something that really unites us. So, and I've been looking for an opportunity to collaborate with my mom anyway, because she also has a blog and it just seemed like a no brainer, like food and history. And that's always interest of mine anyway. So I started thinking, um, I, and really I was attending a virtual food history conference one weekend. And that was kind of when the idea came to me and it just kind of, as it was forming, I started messaging my mom and saying, this is what I'm thinking. Um, do you think this is a good idea? And not only did she think it was a good idea, she jumped on board as a partner. (laughs) Um, so it was, it was a pandemic project, just trying to bring a little bit of unity into our corner of the internet. Um, and we launched, uh, around Labor Day last year. So we've been going strong for almost a year now. And, um, the original vision was for it to be almost like a humans of New York style blog. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we never wanted the focus to be solely on our own memories that kind of defeated the purpose in our minds. So as much as we can, we try and feature other people's memories and get a conversation going. Um, and then we've also to try and boost engagement a little bit, we've started sharing some how to's and some other, um, more article type posts. So our favorite TV shows and movies that showcase food memories, or one of the most recent ones I did was different ideas for kind of food themed road trips. Uh, Since we're coming into summer, it's travel season. Um, So we've been having a lot of fun with it. It's, it's truly a joy. It's so, I think it's one of the coolest things. I love it just because you're so right. Like food connects everyone and everybody has a memory around food. And I love that (laughs) you can associate a lot of your memories with what you were eating. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, and of course I have to mention as well, while we're talking about it, that you were the very first memory that we featured. Um, Oh my gosh, I was the first. (laughs) You were the very first. Yeah. Your mom's recipe for warrior casserole. So thank you again for being one of our very early supporters and hopping on this journey with us. Well, I just, I think it's just, it's like, you know, and I love like your watch party. I just love all that stuff that you're doing with that. Cause I feel like, you know, maybe it's not, and as dietitians, you know, we get very focused on our jobs and, and all the things that we're doing, but I feel like this is, I can tell that you find so much joy in this and doing it with your mom and just how, yeah, yeah. I think that's so neat. Yeah, and it's worked out really well, too. I mean, from a practical standpoint, you know, with her blog and her website that she's had over the years, 
she's really good at kind of the behind the scenes webmaster type stuff, um, which she enjoys doing. I don't have those skills, but I really enjoy <laughs> the content creation part of things, which she's happy to let me create more of the content. And she handles like SEO and um, uh, so I don't need to remember everything. But <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, our working relationship has been really good given us an opportunity to spend time together. Um, we've got big dreams for this too. Like we, we think it could really go somewhere. Um, so we're, there's a lot of stuff on our to-do list we're trying to prioritize, but we we're definitely committed to it. Oh, that's great. I'm glad. I was like, I hope there that this keeps continuing. So I know like a lot of people mm-hmm. have started things during the pandemic because they didn't, you know, they had more time on their hands. And so sometimes those things kind of go by the wayside because we get back into life and we get busy. But I'm so glad to hear that there's lots of fun on the f- food horizon for Food Memory mm-hmm. Project. Yeah, we're actually, um, so the day that we're recording this tomorrow, we're launching a new series featuring uh, some of our favorite food businesses here in Knoxville. Um, Because of course, this is a place where I have a lot of food memories, where my friends have a lot of food memories. There's an incredible local food scene here. um, And my parents love coming to visit and they have favorite restaurants here too. So we're excited to, you know, kind of go down that new avenue. Um, We've got a few other things kind of up our sleeves that will hopefully be coming later this year. Um, but it's it's exciting just figuring out new ways that we can continue to grow and evolve and engage. Well, it goes back to your roots of being a little girl watching cooking shows and now yes. you're just kind of coming full circle with your job and then your passions. And I think that's just really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely I look back to when I was a kid and one of my first kind of dream jobs in food was being a food critic. So I guess I kind of always had that love for food and writing. And, you know, even though that's not the direction I went, I still kind of in a very roundabout way ended up doing what I wanted to do all along. <laughs> yeah. And you created it yourself, which is kind yeah. of what we went for. Yeah. I think like, and you know, yes, you don't probably make millions of dollars doing this, but <laughs> when it brings you joy, it's priceless. Absolutely. Yeah. And none of what we do right now is monetized. Um, That was never, I mean, that never even really crossed my mind when I started the blog. I just wanted to do it for the love of it. And, you know, if one day we do find a way to monetize it and make a little bit of extra money off it, great. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, all the payoff I was looking for was togetherness and, you know, seeing people read memories of people they'd never met and say, oh, me too. Like one of the best compliments I ever got was, I was having dinner with some friends last fall and one of my friends, this was probably about a month after we launched. And one of my friends said, I relate to every single one of your posts. He had never met anybody that I'd posted about. So for him to say that was like mission accomplished. (laughs) No kidding. Well, and I just like reading some of the things I learn about foods that I've never even heard of before. And then I'm like, Ooh, I want to try that. Yeah. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, we love when people send us recipes, too, or things that you can go out and buy. Like, one of my friends is from Cincinnati and shared her memories of Skyline Chili, and you can actually buy it frozen at the grocery store, so I did. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you can? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or at least the grocery store that I was shopping at at the time carried it, so. Wow. Do you know, I I went to, we drove through Cincinnati this year on a road trip, and we stopped, and I had to have it because of your post. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've got to try this (laughs) <laughs> what do you think? It was, I mean, it was good. It was, I, it, it definitely, 
I can see where, yeah, it's different, but you can see how the community like rallies around it. Cause mm-hmm. there's even like billboards in Cincinnati for it. And it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, I'm like, Oh, well, it's very popular, but yeah, it's different, but I'm glad I tried it. And I'm glad that I was introduced to it through mm-hmm. your project. So <laughs> good. That's, that's definitely kind of fuel on our fire. Yeah. That's awesome. That's very awesome. Well, I, I, you know, I know that you're very early into your career, but I think you're doing such great things. And I know and I hope that somewhere along the way that we can connect and have a conversation in person over food somewhere. Yes. Maybe it'll be, who knows? I always know that there's a reason why we cross paths and who knows where we'll cross paths in person. So I look forward to that happening someday. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so, too. <laughs> All right. Here's the hard questions. Are you ready for them? You know, I should be after listening to okay. so many episodes. Know, we'll see. Right? <laughs> and now, now you have to commit to these answers, which are always tough when we talk about food. So uh, why don't you share with me some foods that you enjoy? Yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned back at the beginning that I've always been kind of an adventurous eater. Um, there's not a whole lot that I won't eat or that I won't at least try. Um, but I definitely do have some favorites. I love pizza. I love barbecue since I'm in the South. I love Mexican food, which was definitely great while I was in Texas. Mm. <laughs> um, although I do still have some favorites. There are some really good places in Knoxville as well. Um, so yeah. And then my favorite restaurant in Knoxville, since I've been back, um, there's a Mediterranean restaurant called Yassin's. Um, they were actually a few years ago on good morning America. They were named the nicest place in America. And mm. that, yeah, just really, I love supporting restaurants and businesses. They're good people selling good products. Um, so for sure. as much for the people as I do for the food. Well, and you mentioned that you got your adventurous eating from your dad. He's yes, also, I did. yes. <laughs> so is your yeah. mom not as adventurous? I mean, it's not that she's not adventurous, but when it comes to going to places that are more like holes in the walls, maybe don't have a perfect sanitation score, that's a me and dad thing. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, mom. (laughs) Uh, What types of beverages do you enjoy? I'm... I've always been a pretty good water drinker. And that probably goes back to when I was a kid, I did theater, I was in choir. So I like always had a water bottle with me trying to stay hydrated and Sure. Um, keep my keep my vocal cords in good shape. Um, so I've always been a good water drinker. Um, I've definitely become more of a coffee drinker since college. Um, I think you know when Starbucks was on campus and I could use like my Flex mm, account or whatever yeah. to get Starbucks. <laughs> um, and you know in grad school and when I moved to Texas, um, it was really a social thing. Like um, my group of friends from my church, like we, we would go to Sunday morning service and then we would go out for coffee. And just go sit in a coffee shop and talk. Um, and then coming back to Knoxville, Knoxville has such an incredible coffee shop scene. I love it. Um, so, you know, now that I have free time and I have disposable income, I can actually go enjoy it. You can, um, yeah. <laughs> so definitely drinking a lot more lattes. Um, and then I also love Diet Coke. Um, I'll never forget the first day of my internship. <laughs> I walked into my preceptor's office at the hospital and she had like Diet Coke stuff all over her office. Just thought I found my person. <laughs> There's no need to be ashamed of like being a dietitian and loving Diet Coke. Oh, no, that's so true, though. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, I used to love, when I worked at the hospital, I used to love Diet Mountain Dew out of the soda, like the fountain. Yeah. Like, that was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I don't even like regular sodas that much. I think they're too sweet because diet was really all I ever drank growing up. Yeah, me too. I know I would walk around the hospital with my Diet Mountain Dew and I was like, mm. I don't care. You guys can all just yeah. make fun of me. It's fine. <laughs> We're relatable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, what kind of scents or smells do you enjoy? I love scents that kind of make you feel cozy. So a lot of kind of sweet, like baking stuff, like vanilla or cinnamon mm. or cardamom or things like that. Um, you know, the smell of baked goods, of course. Um, yes. And you always, you always share such delicious pictures of baked goods. <laughs> I feel like all my food pictures are dessert. I lived, <laughs> I lived right down the street from a bakery when I was in Texas and oh, I miss it so much. <laughs> I bet. Um, just the smell of it. That would be amazing. Yeah. Just the smell walking in and then, you know, other cozy things like of course, coffee shops. I mean, even before I kind of started more coffee, I like the smell of it more than I like the taste of it. So like the mm-hmm. smell when you walk into a coffee shop um, or yes. like a bookstore or things like that. Yes. Do you bake a lot? Do you bake yourself? I do. I actually haven't baked in a while. Um, you know, last year in quarantine, it was kind of hard to share it. And like, that's my problem is like, I need to have a place to take my baking. Give it away. It. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily my coworkers I know are totally on board with that. Like we bring in food to share with each other all the time, whether it's donuts or one of my coworkers has a garden and will bring us she's brought us turnips before and gooseberries um so it's not all stuff that we're bringing in i mean we are (laughs) it is the health department but yeah Yeah. (laughs) at least now i know i have people i can unload those things on (laughs) so true though because you can't just bake like one cookie Mm. like you have to make 24 cookies (laughs) yeah or like if i need biscuits or something like that like i need to freeze them or you know, eat them fairly quickly. Oh my gosh. I wish I lived close to you. Cause I would take all yeah. of the things that you'd want to give me, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially biscuits. Yum. Yeah. Um, if you were not a dietitian, what do you think? Well, you kind of mentioned it before. Do you think you'd be a food mm-hmm. critic or what do you think you would like to be doing? I mean, and I think there's a couple different ways that I could have gone. Or like, I think about if I could go back to college and add a minor, Uh, what I would have done. Um, So I mentioned my backup plan was to be an SLP. Um, Mm -hmm. Although like knowing, kind of knowing what I know now about interdisciplinary care, I think I would have naturally gravitated toward like feeding and swallowing disorders um, just because Mm -hmm. of my interest in food. Um, You know, sometimes I think since I love to write and I love reading and literature, maybe I would have been like an English major or a communications major and gone like the media and journalism or the editing route. Um, I love to travel. So my dad has kind of, um, you know, semi-retired um, and he's kind of transitioned in, into the travel industry. And I love, um, mm. you know, hearing about what he does and like planning trips and making recommendations. So I think that would be cool. Um, I could see myself doing that in retirement maybe. Um, or, you know, I love the arts too. Like I love Broadway, kind of dabbled in theater a little bit in middle and high school. So I don't, I definitely never would have made a career as a performer. Like I just, I'll admit, I don't have the talent for that. Um, but like to be on the other side, like to be a stage manager or, you know, work in casting or when I was in Texas, I was ushering and I loved like kind of the admin, like making sure mm-hmm. the auditorium was ready and like knowing where direct people like patron services, stuff like that. So I think there's several different things I could have 
I could have done. <laughs> you have like so many hidden talents. Like I feel like <laughs> I, I mean, there's like the world is your oyster. There's so many things that you are just good at. So who knows where you'll be in five years, right? You never I, know. <laughs> well, and you know, just finding, finding side gigs, side hustles. Like yeah. in, I would go work school district dietitian by day, 40 hours a week. And then on the weekends I would go usher for Broadway shows <laughs> That could be fun. And I, I feel yeah. like that kind of stuff just adds good balance to like you being so passionate about your career, but then also being, mm-hmm. you know, fulfilling some of those other passions that you enjoy. Oh yeah. I'm a firm believer in having other interests outside of work that have nothing to do with food. Like that's, that's yes. really what keeps me grounded. Yes. I think we all need that as dietitians. I think we need to have something else that's not food related. For sure. Yeah. Uh, what brings you joy in life? Ooh, <laughs> um, I think it's saying this is like a textbook introvert, but people have been bringing me a lot of joy. And I think especially over the past year, you know, any, any connection that I can get. Um, and I think especially now, you know, having, I do live closer to family and a lot of my friends from college now, but I also have friends across the country, either friends from my DI who have moved or my friends in Texas. Um, so really there's definitely staying connected with people. And that's something I've tried to be a lot more intentional about. Um, and, you know, not like taking people, um, you know, not just coming home and crashing afterwards. Like I do find joy in, hanging out with my church small group or getting coffee with a friend. Um, so I definitely love doing that. And then uh, music as well, I think is the other thing that probably brings me the most joy. Um, I mentioned my love for Broadway musicals. Like I follow Broadway the way normal people would follow sports. <laughs> um, the Tony Awards are my Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I like it. And then I, I grew up singing as well. Um, like I sang in the choir at my church during my last year of grad school. And um, I did some recordings last year which were really fun um so yeah music definitely brings me a lot of joy as well I don't know how you have time to do all this kind of stuff but I think it's amazing that you juggle all these things and I am with you about taking up friends on invitations because I've been really bad about that and I think this year has made me rethink that a little bit yeah definitely and especially now that you know I still had a pretty big network of friends and connections in Knoxville when I moved back, um, you know, really trying to be intentional about getting back in contact with those people that, you know, just because I'm back and I'm playing to stay for a while doesn't mean like, I, I don't want to put off those reunions too long. Right. That's such a good, that's a wise, wise choice, my dear. <laughs> I'll think of that when I get an invitation and think about just coming home to crash. I'll think about your wisdom. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm still like, um, I've been told like one of my strengths is saying no and kind of knowing like being able to put up those boundaries, but you know, for, unless I have like a really, really good reason, um, you know, I try and pay attention to how I'm feeling, but I do try and kind of strike that balance of, you know, challenging myself to say yes, but also knowing when it's time to say no and being comfortable in that. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a hard, that's really, that's something we all yeah. have to work on <laughs> continuously, I think. So. Well, you have been such a treat to talk to today. I just have loved gotten that I've gotten the opportunity to get to know you more personally and I can yeah. keep stocking all your delicious baked goods on <laughs> Instagram and all your lattes because I'm a latte girl too. 
but thank you for all the awesome things that you're putting out in the world. And um, yeah, I'm so glad we connected. Me too. And thank you again so much for having me and for everything that you do for future RDs and other RDs like me who are still kind of figuring out our paths and um, kind of figuring out, you know, it's okay to change direction or pivot. It has been so fun getting to know Sarah through Instagram. Um, I love her energy, all the things that she does and is passionate about, you know, just with food. Uh, And then also this awesome, you know, connection that she has with public health, her experiences that way and how she got to that part of her career. But then doing this passion project with her mom, the Food Memory Project, I think is amazing. If you don't follow their blog, it is one that is just one of those things that you can read and it just leaves a smile on your face. I have included that website in the show notes. It's foodmemoryproject.com. Very easy to click on and follow and subscribe. And then you can also find them on Instagram and find Sarah on Instagram as well. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day and to start a conversation that truly matters.